you're listening to Stefan Levera Podcast, a show about Bitcoin. Do you want to use Bitcoin privately? If you want the best privacy possible in Bitcoin, my favorite choice is Samurai Wallet. And so today, BTC, Zelko and Pavel, who are part of the Ronin Dojo team, join me to talk about their project, which helps you run your own Bitcoin node and in a way that works well with Samurai. So to be clear, they're not formally part of Samurai Wallet, but their project is like an open source project that works and collaborates with the Samurai Wallet team. And so we talk about Ronin Dojo, what it is, who it's for, and the recent upgrades on the user interface, as well as a range of other thoughts around hardware wallets, other services and features, and open source licensing. Now, this show is brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. Swan Bitcoin holds a deep conviction that Bitcoin is the future of money. Swan's aim is to help you maximize your position in this dominant digital monetary network. As a Swan private client, you will have unlimited access to their team, strategic resources, and commitment to Bitcoin education. Bitcoin is an asymmetric investment of unparalleled proportions, rapidly becoming the preeminent wealth preservation asset for every individual and institution in the world. An opportunity like this to build and preserve legacy impacting wealth for your family or company will not likely be seen again in our lifetimes. The Swan private team stands ready to earn the right to walk alongside you on every step of this journey into the future of money. Learn more at swanbitcoin.com private or email CEO Corey Clipston directly at corey at swanbitcoin.com. Lend at HodlHodl is a peer-to-peer Bitcoin-backed lending platform where you can lend or borrow crypto globally and anonymously. Lend at HodlHodl is a way to earn extra income. If you've got stable coins, you can lend them out and earn an average of 25% APR. On the other hand, if you've got Bitcoin and you need some fiat liquidity, you no longer have to sell. Lend at HodlHodl allows you to collateralize your Bitcoin and borrow against it. And the best thing is you will still hold one key in the two or three multi-sig controlling your Bitcoin during the loan period. HodlHodl does not hold your funds. Lend at HodlHodl allows peer-to-peer lending and borrowing directly between users. With this platform, you set your own terms and put up offers depending on how long you want to borrow or lend and the interest rate you're looking to earn. So go to lend.com. HODLHODL.com. That's lend.hodlhodl.com. So if you've got some Bitcoin and you're looking to help secure the network, well, have you thought about mining? Compass is an online marketplace making it easier for everyone to mine Bitcoin. This is the anti-cloud mining option. Compass help you buy your own ASIC and they go out and vet facilities around the world. So you can send that ASIC to that facility and start mining. So for years, we've all heard mining was only profitable if you're investing tons of money. But Compass are making it easy for everyone to tap into those economies of scale and get reasonably priced hardware and cheap industrial power rates instead of the residential rates that for many of us will simply not be competitive. So if you're unsure about how to get started, go check out Compass. They offer hardware and hosting bundles. I did an episode with the CEO, Wit Gibbs. That's episode 259 if you're interested. Go visit them at compassmining.io and get started mining Bitcoin today. All right, Zelko and Pavel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. So guys, I wanted to do an update on Ronin Dojo. I've seen there's a lot of things going on. It's very exciting. So Zelko, you've been on the show. Uh, maybe Pavel, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're involved in uh, in the Bitcoin world? Oh yeah, totally. I've been involved in Bitcoin since I think 2015 in Prague uh, community in Czech Republic. Since I'm a web application developer, I've been trying to find a way to use my skills wherever I can. So 
then I found uh, Samurai Wallet and I ended up uh, contributing to some of the projects. And then finally, I, I was uh, contacted uh, by Zelko and uh, we got together and uh, now we work on Ronin Dojo. So my actual work right, right now is uh, working on Ronin UI which is a web UI dashboard and uh, like application to manage your uh, dojo. Awesome. And so for listeners who are unfamiliar, Zelko is one of the founders of the Ronin Dojo project. And so uh, you can also check out the first episode with, with Zelko, but basically he's one of the founders of the project and he is, uh, you know, one of the lead spokesmen for the project also. Zelko, do you want to maybe just add anything else in terms of what, what's your focus about Bitcoin? Just for people who are new, maybe they don't know about Samurai Wallet and privacy. What's what's your focus in the Bitcoin world? Yeah, so yeah, when I got into it, just like uh, most normal people, you know, you're, you're in for the investment and then you start going down that rabbit hole right and you find awesome podcasts like this one and uh tftc and all that fun stuff and you start to learn and i like recap my story really fast i just happened to download because i had a got an android phone for the first time and i downloaded all the bitcoin apps i could find and samurai was one of them i came back and heard about i was on a hiatus and i came back and i heard about whirlpool and then my privacy journey started like that that was it that got me hooked and then you know running your own node and actually using your own node was big for me i was like wow you can actually like use this to back your wallet this seems so much better and ever since then it's been you know i've been red pilled if you will by all the privacy guys and it's been an awesome journey like you just realize how strong the community is i mean bitcoin community if you're looking at bitcoin community versus everybody else uh you know there's always tribalism right but you know if you look at bitcoin community versus everybody else like non corners or no corners or whatever we call them you know it's like we're super tight despite all the infighting we're always super tight but then you know inside there's always small clicks right you have privacy people you got you know uh holders for life you got you know number go up for life you got lightning non-lightning you got privacy people and so everyone's super tight-knit and uh no matter what tribe you're in uh it's it's really cool for me the privacy stuff is massive and i've just learned so much from everybody i mean pavel's been there from the beginning since I, you know, started interacting in the uh, in the samurai wallet space. So yeah, my focus has really been how can we stay more private? How can we be sovereign individuals? Because ultimately, like that's what Bitcoin's about, right? So Bitcoin is supposed to be about decentralized, sovereign, censorship resistant, anti-state currency, and that's our focus. So how we want to be able to bring from Ronin Dojo, we want to bring you all the tools and everything you need to, to have to gain the most privacy and to be your own, you know, to be your own master, right? I mean, Ronins are this the masterless samurai. So that's that's the goal. And that's always going to be the focus. Excellent. And so just a bit of context for listeners, if you are interested in Bitcoin privacy, my favorite privacy wallet is the Samurai Wallet. And so if you use Samurai Wallet on the default setup, like if you just go into Google Play and you download Samurai Wallet, that will call out to Samurai Wallet's servers. And so what we're talking about today is Ronin Dojo. So this is like your own personalized server and it's like an easy way to run your own one. So this is like maybe you might start with Samurai Wallet just on the default setup just to play around. And then when you're ready to take that next step up, that's when you might look at Ronin Dojo. So maybe Zelko, do you want to just give us a bit of an overview? What does it look like if that user or that listener 
listener out there is like, okay, I'm ready to take that step. How do I make my own Ronin Dojo? So we have a recommended hardware list. Uh, you just pick up what you have, what you want to run it with. We actually have, we're starting to build and push out some plug and play nodes. We actually have some really, really cool designs that we can talk about a little bit more coming up. But with Rock Pro 64, that's my go-to you know, single board computer. You can also run on a, ras- a Raspberry Pi 4. We support pretty much every single board, almost every single board computer that's out there. Yeah, pick that up, pick up the hardware. You flash our uh, our OS that's almost identical to, it's pretty much identical to the, the one that Manjaro actually offers. And then, uh, yeah, you just run, you just run the repo, hit start, and then you have the UI up and you install it and it does everything for you. We made it as simple as possible. So, and then we have a, a wiki uh, that, it, you know, all the the whole team has contributed to, but Bitcoin Q and A is uh, is a huge contributor to that. So if you like his work, you're going to see a lot of that kind of trickle into our our wiki page and everything you need to know, whether it's PGP verification, whether it's flashing an SD card, you know, to how to do it. Literally everything step by step. It's all laid out. It's one of the things I'm most proud about with our project. And then we have the community that's always there. We're always around trying to help people. We keep it really simple. It, it's not very hard. You can be up and running running in 10 minutes. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. I'm, I'm really excited about it. So Yeah, that's cool. And so maybe one more entry level question just for listeners who might be new to this world. How should they think about Ronin Dojo as compared to some of the other well-known node projects out there, right? So some of the well-known ones, Umbral, MyNode, Raspberry Blitz, maybe Start9, the Embassy product. There's probably not all. There's some other <laughs> ones out there. Can you just spell out for them what's the difference with Ronin Dojo and why should they think about using Ronin Dojo? That's always a, a good one. And I, I love actually breaking this down because we get quite a few people that come in and ask. The way I lay it out for people is really what's your goal? Like, what are you what are you trying to do? If you know, like if you're a Samurai user and you know exactly what you want, there's really no question, right? We're going to give you everything as a Samurai user that you need. If you're looking to experiment with a bunch of new different apps and stuff and find out what you potentially might use or not use, you know, I think that projects like MyNode or Umbrella are, are great for those. The one benefit that we really do have is that pure focus on the, I guess you could say our mission or our vision. Like we know exactly what we're doing and what we're focused on. Uh, so that allows us to kind of trim the fat and not bloat our our software, you know? So we're really focused on optimizing Dojo, making everything as user-friendly, troubleshoot friendly, everything geared towards that because it is a beast. I mean, as you said, right, it replaces a server. So when you're thinking about it in that mindset, right, you want to make that as user-friendly as possible. Dojo is not just another app that you just put onto your node. It's a whole complex system. So there's no one more experienced in that department than the team that we have. And that's that goes with Pavel, S2L1, you know, Q&A, Crazy K, like the whole team, like, whoa, like our whole team has done nothing but Dojo for, for pretty much our entire time. So if you're looking and you're not sure, you know, we're not going to be the ones offering you lightning. Can you add it on there? Absolutely. If you want to do that yourself, but with our small team and our focus, like we're gonna stick to our on-chain stuff, but the you know the other bent, the other projects, yeah, you'll be able to offer that. I think uh, Start Nine has some cool stuff with some, that. I do appreciate their self-sovereign mindset. I'm all for it. You know, other than that though, I think that de- delivering that dojo node that you want, we're the we're the best ones for you, and you're gonna get the most up-to-date release. You know, we work directly with the dojo team. Pavel's been working a lot with the dojo team as of late. 
And there's no one that's going to get you what you need better than, than we are if you're a Samurai user. Yep. And so I think for listeners out there, I think it's also useful to think when you use a node project, you've also got to think about not just what's easiest to first set up, but also maintenance and ongoing, right? And so if you are a Samurai user and you really care maximally about the best possible privacy in Bitcoin, then I think, you know, you're going to be looking at Samurai Wallet and then you're also going to be thinking, well, how do I upgrade that node? How do I update it over time and how do I maintain it? And then if I run into problems, can I get support on that? And so it's not to, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of all the different Bitcoin node projects and it's good that there's competition and it's good that there's different projects of trying different things. But if you are a Samurai Wallet specifically user, I think you'll get the better because it's a specialized project and then so when you run into issues you'll find other people who are running into that same issue in the chat in the in in that chat and you'll be able to be a bit more easily able to quickly deal with that issue because it's it's actually an ongoing maintenance thing also so that's one point i would just add there and so pavel do you want to just tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with ronan dojo and you know what your involvement has been recently Right. So our goal is basically like a long-term goal is making a like a web UI. Long-term goal is uh, that you would just purchase a box like a running UI, a running Dojo box. You plug it in, you set up a password, and then you access website, and you're all set up. Everything you need to do, you will do using the web UI, using the website. So we are slowly moving towards that. But yeah, basically right now, the main function of the running UI is like serve like main platform or main tool to interact with your device and your dojo and like ease as much as possible the usage and the maintenance of your node and your dojo Uh, so we have integrated a lot of things into it that should help the users like support and basic maintenance like restarting uh, dojo checking the logs we even have some like small you know tools like pushing the like uh, finished transactions to the Bitcoin network. And then we have uh, some more specialized uh, dojo tools, like, for example, rescanning blocks, viewing transactions, and so on. In the future, we also plan to add more features from Samurai Stack. So, for example, some tools like Boltzmann, Whirlpool, and so on are very interesting for us. And if we can integrate them into the Ronin UI, it would be very beneficial for a user to have uh, everything in one place. Great. Yeah. So maybe just a bit of context as well. So when Ronan Dojo was still forming and I was working with Zelko in the chat and it was all command line, right? The whole thing was fully command line and it was like a guide. It was like a command line guide. So now Ronan has evolved, right? The, the project has evolved. And so for listeners, you don't have to sit there doing command line all day. Now you, you have like a nice and easier interface. Uh, to use. And so this gives you like a web interface and like a dashboard that you can interact with your Ronin Dojo. Think of it like your Samurai personal server, if you will. And so I guess for people who are just getting into Samurai Wallet and you're just getting started, I guess the main two things to think about, right, you've got that Dojo aspect of it, which is running the underlying server that your own Samurai Wallet on your Android phone will call out to your own personal server. And then the other part is having Whirlpool, right, which is the ability to run CoinJoin. 
And so historically, or I mean, even now, there's still Whirlpool CLI, which is the command line aspect of it. And then you've got Whirlpool GUI, which is like a graphical user interface that you would have on your PC computer to sort of control or at least have a dashboard on what's going on with your coin joins. So now Ronin Dojo is going to help you as the listener, you know, the user configure and see what's going on with those different pieces. Uh, so Zelko, do you want to just chat a little bit about that aspect of it? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the, the big thing, right, is that one-stop shop. I mean, uh, for the longest time, I, like you said, you, you've been a user since uh, nearly day one. So that was really awesome and a really cool motivation for us in the beginning. And we've always wanted to make it easier, you know. So, you know, you've always had like the Dojo maintenance tool page that you'd have to go to and view and troubleshoot. We want to bring that to one one place. You already have RUI. Why why have another one? And I, uh, you know, that's that's Pavel's expertise. So we've been working on integrating that. And actually, he's made a lot of really good contributions to the Dojo, you know, code base to make that even easier because that's it's all written in JavaScript, which is his field of expertise. So we're doing that. And then again, the GUI is is really desktop app is really just a wrapper, really pretty wrapper that you can put anywhere. So we want to try to put that back into, again, another tab for us or anybody that's been on like KYCP, knowyourcoinprivacy.org, uh, which is another uh, Samurai Wallet feature that you can go and see the deterministic links. And it's all really pretty for you. So you can see how good or bad your transaction actions are and how easy it is to trace or how hard it is to trace. So we we can we've already been testing that, you know, integrating that and having a pretty UI on our side uh, so that users can do that without having to go to a bunch of different sites, without having to worry about any other sort of privacy leaks that you might have like an off chance of worrying about it. That's going to be all gone. We want to bring everything to you in an easy way. And um, and that's what we're doing with the UI. So we're moving in that direction because that's, again, that's, that's what we're about. And another big focus was that we didn't, let me step back. It reminded me of, you know, we talked about the other projects and competition, right? Massive. Because when we first started all command line i think at the time our intent was a cheap a free well cheap a free alternative right software wise uh to nodal because you know that was the only way people could easily run a dojo we we wanted to be an alternative and you know there was raspberry blitz there was raspberry bolt but really like my node kind of broke that whole ui factor I uh, brought a lot of good competition. Now we see Umbrella, we see Start9. And so it really drove us to that direction. And, you know, so that's what we want. But we didn't want just a, a dashboard. We didn't just want like, you know, a place where you can click and install and maybe see if it's running. We want you to be able to interact. We want you to be able to control, you know, your dojo and your all your applications from that spot. So that's that's been our focus and our direction. We want it to be like, oh, I can use this if I, I want to go here if I need to use it. You know, and it's accessible with both local uh, if you're at home, obviously that's faster, easier. And then it's also available over Tor with your own private link. And you just save that in your Tor browser on mobile or on your laptop. You just save that bookmark it and then you go to it and access it anywhere you're at. No matter what, you have access to your to your Ronin Dojo right there. So, you know, that's that's what we want. And that's been our, our goal. So I think that's where we're moving. And I think we're going to continue to build and make this super awesome 
you know, one-stop shop for all Dojo users. Right. And so context again for listeners, in the past where if you wanted to do this, you had to be a lot more advanced as a user to be able to remote back in to your server from outside. You might need a terminal and then you might need to be comfortable and savvy with command line where now it's being made easy with all-in-one in a Tor browser interface. And so you can sort of see, and the idea is you might be able to then more easily check on your what mixes you have going on or more easily see, okay, is my node synced correctly up to the chain tip that is the latest block or I might need to as an example if I say scanning an old wallet and putting that onto this dojo I might need to check has it do I need to rescan my xpub which is like to rescan and make sure it's it has seen everything that I've got in this wallet as just as an example so I think this is a great tool for people who are out there and they want to take that next step into privacy and they want the best possible privacy on bitcoin uh, I think this is a great tool because in this way, you're getting kind of the best coin join stuff and the best coin join tools, but also backed by your own Bitcoin node, which is an important thing that we, we try to teach people how to learn how to do that. So let's talk a little bit about some of those other functions that we might need to learn about. Like, so let's say somebody's new, they haven't done this before. As an example, they might need to be able to check the logs or learn to stop and restart things. So can you just tell us a little bit about some of those functions and how they might, if they're just getting started, why they might need to do that, some of those things? Uh, I'll jump into to some of them. And if I miss some, I'll let Pavel talk about it or talk about it from the UI perspective. But the, uh, the logs and understanding the logs, what different things mean, which which is again, a great thing about our, our wiki. We have everything laid out, what you should be worried about or not worried about. You want to be able to access that in the event that, you know, maybe your wallet's saying something or your myth. The biggest thing is people say they're missing funds. They're like, I lost my Bitcoin. It's always like everyone's heart drops to their stomach and they go into panic mode. Fear not, you know, uh, every, <laughs> every Dojo user has been there and anyone that has been there, once you get through your first time, you're like, okay, I, I understand now. But that's where the logs come into play. That's where you using you know the xpub rescan some of our other features like either electrs right electrum rust server or the samurai indexer uh, having those tools allows your rescan to come in and be faster and import your wallet that's really what it's doing if people aren't really sure what your indexer is doing or what an xpub rescan does it, it's rescanning that entire blockchain for every single transaction that your wallet has so the whole history um, and then it's what dojo does is it sets it aside and says, okay, we're tracking all of these now. We're, we're aware and we're going to make sure that every single transaction is fed. And then additionally, Samurai has an, an, another feature that says, we're going to flag if it tries to reuse, it won't let you, right? It'll say, if you're trying to reuse uh, an address for say Whirlpool or uh, Stonewall or any of their features, it'll flag it and say no. So we get people that say that too, and that's okay because what that generally will tell us, right? If you look at the logs, it'll say, "Oh, you know, I'm not up, I'm not up to date for, you know, up to the current block." All right, no problem. Generally, just a restart will fix you. But if you don't have access to logs, if you don't, if you're not aware of how the architecture works for for your dojo, you might not know that. And that's um, we don't expect every user to know. We don't expect every user to have that technical knowledge to do that, but. You know, that's what we're here for as far as support. And that's also what, you know, we provide all of those things that you'll need and learn right along your journey so that you can do it again in the future without us. Uh, we want people to be as sovereign from whether it used to be like learning the command line, which will always be an offer. 
um, to like how to actually fix this stuff yourself eventually. And that way you don't need me. You, you can do all this stuff with or without any of us. And that, that's really the goal. And the UI has made that even easier, you know? So Pavel, if you want to talk about some of the UI stuff that people can do and. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, one of the main benefits uh, of the UI is that, um, aside from the troubleshooting and all of that, uh, is that, uh, there are some there are some cases uh, that uh, your Bitcoin Core might stop working, or your I don't know Dojo uh, Tracker might stop working. Anything, anything can happen. Door network, uh, whatever. Without uh, access to your device uh, via SSH uh, or uh, like direct access uh, via keyboard and uh, screen, uh, you you would be like totally uh, screwed uh, before but if your if your device is still running and uh, still accessible you can just uh, whenever you are and have mobile connection uh, to the internet you can access your node your Ronin dojo over the tor network check the logs see if anything's uh, wrong up there and restart the whole dojo and possibly restarting mostly fixes a lot of issues so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's this is the thing that that uh, can fix a lot of issues when you're not at home and you notice that your note isn't uh, behaving properly yeah so you might be out and about or you might be traveling for work or for whatever reason and you might need to be able to remotely get back in and just check that everything is running and this is a feature for that. Now, I think it might also be handy just to talk about some of the other features that maybe a user might be thinking or the listeners might be thinking, okay, well, if I've got my cold card or my hardware wallet and I want to run it with Spectre or Sparrow, can I do that with my Ronin Dojo? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that was one of the, Spectre was one of the ones I was really excited about just as an alternative to Electrum. I mean, the interface is great, right? I'm really excited to see the progress that they've made. So when, when I saw that, I wanted to start integrating it. And that's exactly what we did. So, yep, you have access to Spectre. You can still use Electrum if you want to use that, if that's your preference. Sparrow, I believe, runs, utilizes a Electrum Rust server. So any of those ones that you want to use for those hardware wallets, we, you know, we still offer those things. I think most of the most of the team, you know, we're, we're super, super red-pilled samurai guys. So most of us are what we like to call samurai maxis. But we understand that that's not everyone's threat model, you know, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's a threat model that, some people want want to pursue and advocate. Now, you know, we'll we'll support that because we do understand that that's part of our user base. So, yeah, we we fully support it, tested. Uh, we we add that to our QA every single time. So, and any of those new releases that come out, we get those tested and integrate that as soon as we get them. So, yeah, whatever people want to use for their hardware wallets, minus one particular desktop wallet that isn't supported by us. Yeah, they're they're all supported. I think uh, everyone who knows what I'm talking about knows what I'm talking about. But Wallace, <laughs> yeah, sure. Who shall not be named? Um, yeah, uh, and also, so actually, just for listeners who are unclear about like, oh, Samurai Maxi, wh- what's that mean? Like, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about uh, the difference in the philosophy there, right? So because you know, hardware wallets are a popular thing in the Bitcoin community, but what's what's kind of the Samurai community perspective on that? Just just to give them a flavor of that perspective. Uh, I'll give a little bit and then I'll let Pavel give his insight because I, I know he has opinions on this as well. So a lot of the, the, I guess I'll say core 
community contributors. We'll say that we've been using Samurai for so long and we understand the the benefits that we get from maintaining, right? Maintaining your coins in Whirlpool and continuously gaining, right? Forward-looking anonymity by just mixing, right? Free mixing, like it doesn't really get better than that. All you got to do is leave them there. Additionally, you know, a lot of us are using, whether it's uh, Calyx OS or Graphene, Copperhead, whatever, we're all using de-Googled phones at this point. You know, we, our threat models, we see is a lot lower on a, on a mobile device versus hardware wallet. And that that's our choice. You know, I guess if we get more into it, you know, we'll, we'll probably upset a lot of people that are hardware wallet users that I don't particularly think would be advantageous, but you know, it, again, it's a threat model choice that we've never seen, nor do we really see a huge hole for uh, mobile wallets. So especially with the backup models that Samurai has with fully encrypted payloads and everything else, it, the threat model is low. And in, in my personal opinion, I'm sure NBK and some other people might disagree, but that's, you know, that's okay. That's what, that's what makes us stronger. Right. Right. And it might be seen more like a, this is the privacy maximalist choice, right? As well, because the, the thinking here might also be that you want every transaction, right? As you know, as TDEV might say, every spend should be a coin join, make every spend a coin join. And so the idea is that if you're trying to keep everything within the coin joining wallet, then you, it sort of necessitates keeping everything either in the samurai wallet or potentially having like an offline phone that you use as like a samurai hardware wallet, if you kind of kind of like a hardware wallet, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's also about that privacy maximalism choice, which again, it's a trade off people have to make for themselves. Uh, and Pavel, if you want to add anything there as well that we did, they didn't cover there. Oh, well, there's uh, certainly some good use cases for a hardware wallet, but I don't think it's so strong as uh, anyone uh, who promotes hardware wallets really tries to put it. I have a hardware wallet. Uh, I know guys uh, from Satoshi Labs behind Trezor. I'm not against or like super pro hardware wallet. Like Zoko said, it's about anyone's threat model, really. But yeah, phone, which is the Google and potentially in totally offline phone can serve this role as well. Thanks to Samurai tools, it can even benefit user privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in the follow-up to that too, right? Uh, one of the biggest questions we get is, okay, I mixed. Now I want to send it to my hardware wallet, right? And we're like, okay, yeah, no problem. Here are the different steps that you can do. Here's some things that you can make it not a, no longer a hot wallet, make it a warmer, cold-ish wallet, whatever you want to call it. Just take your keys offline. Here's a bunch of things you can do. But, you know, the other side of it, right, is that if you take those coins and you put them in, you, you take them out of Whirlpool and you put them into your hardware wallet, now you either need to be very, especially if you're putting multiple amounts of, you know, coin joints, you, you are going to want to not consolidate all those later on. You're going to want to make sure that they're labeled. You want to make sure they're on top of it. And especially for the people that are like, I'm not going to spend Bitcoin for 20 years. And if that's their choice, that's cool. But that's 20 years or 10 years or whatever, right in the future that you still need to be remembered how to do this stuff. So the, you know, the, the plus side of, you know, whether it's keeping them in Samurai, keeping them in that offline, never touch the internet, which you can sideload Samurai wallet onto there. The benefit to that is that I've already mixed. I don't need to send it back into Whirlpool to to redo it, or I don't need to already have the tools. You know, I already have my post-mix spending tools. I don't need to worry about getting them back into Samurai wallet to then utilize a stone wall or, you know, a peer-to-peer coin join. I don't have to worry about those things because they're already there. And I think that's our biggest part is that 
you know, it's you've you've taken the steps, you did all the right things, right? You're a user and you like took your privacy for yourself. Now you're pulling it back and then it's like, okay, unless you're gonna send spend just that UTXO, you're potentially, right, depending on how you consolidate, you're potentially like taking away your privacy. So, and you just paid for it, you know, whether you got a bunch of free mixes or not, you paid something for it. So, you know, you need the tools. That's the biggest thing is that you want those post-mix spending tools. And that's what makes Samurai great is that, yes, they have a, the best implementation on actual coin join, the peer-to-peer, you know, they have the five, five person coin join with hundred percent entropy or near hundred percent entropy. And then afterwards, you want to ensure that your privacy stays strong and keep messing with deterministic links and the chain analysis bros. You want to make sure that it's still good, right? So that's what those post-mix spending tools are for. If you take those away, you know, you're, you're just kind of handcuffing yourself. So I think that's the biggest, like, you know, samurai maxi uh, mindset, in, in my opinion. Back to the show in a moment. Cyphersafe.io are creating metal seed backup products for your Bitcoins. So don't just use that piece of paper. What happens if there were to be a fire or a flood? Would you be okay? Would you be able to recover? Cyphersafe have a new product. It's called the Cypher Grid. This is the best value in the industry because you get everything you need for $59. It has two stainless steel plates for all 24 words. The two plates are facing each other, so you get privacy by default. It's stainless steel hardware that holds it together. It can be locked with a padlock, and it also includes a tamper-evident seal and an automatic center punch. Like all CypherSafe products, it's made from stainless steel, it's fireproof, rustproof, and waterproof. So make sure you or your loved ones can access your bitcoins if an accident occurs. Go to cyphersafe.io and use the code LEVERA for a discount. Are you sitting on single signature and looking to upgrade to multi-signature? Well, take a look at my sponsor, Unchained Capital. They are building Bitcoin native financial services on a foundation of multi-signature. So you can have multiple hardware wallet devices and separate those keys to dramatically improve your security standpoint. We're removing single points of failure. So Unchained Capital offer these vaults and they also offer a concierge service. So they will do calls with you. They'll ship you the hardware wallets. They'll answer your questions and deposit $1,000 of Bitcoin in your vault. You can use code Levera to get a discount there. This is a great option for those of you looking to move your business or corporate treasury into a Bitcoin standard, or if you've got a self-directed Bitcoin retirement account and you want to use the multi-signature vaults that Unchained provide, there's so many great features and Unchained also offer loans and a whole range of educational content on their website as well. You can find all of that at unchained.com. Now, my favorite Bitcoin hardware wallet is the cold card made by coinkite.com. Now, this, in my view, is the best hardware wallet in the market. It's got awesome features. You can use it totally air-gapped. It stays ahead of the competition in terms of features that they offer It is a very versatile device as you can use this in a single signature setup or as part of a multi-signature setup, even with Unchained as an example. Now you can use this wallet with Spectre Desktop, Sparrow, Electrum or Blue Wallet and do air-gapped transactions. So don't be intimidated. There's lots of cool features and you can learn how to use it. There's lots of video content out there. Go and order yours. Get yours at coinkite.com. Use the code Levera for discount. Back to the show. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where it's useful to think about it holistically, right? So now, I guess the upfront kind of disclaimer I'd give for most people is, look, if you're storing stuff for the long term, you probably, I think hardware wallets are good for security. And then for people storing a lot of money, that's where multi-sig comes in. But if if your concern is is mostly about privacy, and here's another thing, as an example, 
you are trying to acquire coins non-KYC, right? Meaning you bought those coins without giving your driver's license or your passport to a Bitcoin exchange or a broker or a company. And you've done this all non-KYC, whether that is mining coins or earning them or buying them with cash, that kind of thing. Then I think maybe you could argue that less people know you have Bitcoin to begin with. And so it's kind of that idea of you were trying to stay private and a little bit more under the radar. And this is one way you could do that. Now, that said, I mean, there might be some people out there who might think of it like, okay, they stack most of their stuff into like a hardware wallet or a multi-sig, and then they would just have a small amount that, that they have for their non-KYC stuff. And that's what they're using Samurai Wallet and Ronin Dojo and so on. But I'm just trying to give listeners a flavor of some of the different ways of thinking out there in the community so they so they can choose for themselves, right? You, you, we're giving you the knowledge and you make your own decision. What kind of philosophy am I mostly subscribing to and which one do I want to try and pursue? Whether that's, you know, Samurai Maxi fully or just, you know, using part of it where you opportunistically need the tools that Samurai Wallet can offer you. So I'm just giving people a bit of context. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, it was the the mantra for a very long time in Bitcoin, right? Do your own research. Uh, we can provide all the insights and you can provide all the interviews and all these great like tools, right? For everybody. But ultimately, you got, you have to still do your own research. Like that's that's your Bitcoin. That's your money. Like you need to do the research. Um, hopefully, and that's what I like about the podcast is it really starts to get people to think and uh, start to go down those rabbit holes because when you start to do all that, then you're then you develop or practice and test whether with multi-sig or hardware wallets you know use testnet not enough people use testnet use testnet practice see if that's what you want to do if that's something that you enjoy the experience or you think is uh, something that is in your threat model then absolutely go for it i i get normies all the time that talk to me about it like you know family friends that are older and that's something that we talk about right is you know what's going to work best for you and what's going to work good for you in 10 years or for your kids right so it's that's really what it comes down to is what's best for you because what's best for me is not going to necessarily be what's yep. best for someone that's you know retired and looking to just store some value for their kids it's not it's not always going to be the same so i'm all for it let people do their own research and definitely use testnet practice practice with things like don't don't just like you know try to lock your stuff up in multi-sig without doing any sort of practice that's what testnet is meant for <laughs> so practice 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 Cool. So let's talk through for a user. Let's, okay, let me just tell a little bit of a user story, if you will. So let's say this user is interested in privacy, right? So let's say they have you know, they buy either they buy uh, the the products to make a you know they put they put it together. They flash on Ronin and they set up their own dojo, uh, Ronin Dojo, and then they've got Samurai Wallet on their phone and they pair that with their Ronin Dojo. And then let's say they now buy some Bitcoin non KYC, right? And uh, maybe they want to start interacting more privately. Maybe they run their coins through a coin join using Whirlpool. And then now uh, they might want to think about well, how private am I? So can you tell us a little bit about Whirlpool? Whirlpool and Whirlpool stat tool and uh, what you're kind of achieving. What What's that achieving for them and uh, why would they use it? All right. So you want to find out, right, how strong your mixes are, right? Or in Samurai, there's forward and backward looking anonymity sets and to not get super in the weeds. It's really how far, how many people is your original transaction that what we call TX0? How many other people could that be, right? How many other people are you technically in that crowd with? And then forward looking is how many people of the same, that equal output, how many of those could you possibly be? 
right? So every single time that not just you get selected for a remix, but anybody in your mix that you were in gets selected for a mix and then they get selected for a mix. So it's this exponentially growing uh, pool of crowd of people that you're hiding in. So the, what Whirlpool Stat does is it is a uh, an application that Laurent, he developed him and uh, Tdev, right? They they developed this awesome tool to be able to calculate, you know, what, like how, how many what your your real anonymity set is how many people could you possibly be so that's where whirlpool stack comes in i know pavel has sworn sworn on his life that one day he will rewrite it or sorry is that boltzmann you're gonna rewrite uh, it was boltzmann sorry okay i lied <laughs> boltzmann he's gonna rewrite in javascript but uh, i don't we'll believe see. It. <laughs> but yeah both of those are written in python but yeah whirlpool stat is how you're going to find out man i guess what your whirlpool statistics are right so we wanted to offer that as a as a tool for people if they want to go ahead and do that the only thing i'll, I'll say is because there are so many mixes now you know last year it wasn't so big, that big of a deal right because whirlpool was still growing and we hadn't hit mobile mixing at the time and now you know whirlpool is huge liquidity with tons of mixes all the time so it does take a little bit of time but it's always i think it's a cool thing to look up and just be like man i like i got some serious privacy and i didn't really pay that much for it that that's what it's gonna it'll pull up and show you so i haven't looked at my i haven't looked at mine recently and i'm, I'm kind of interested because i've been i've been keeping i got some coins from from way back that have been sitting at whirlpool so it's it's fun to see you know when you're like man i'm at ten thousand other people that i could be like that's pretty freaking cool so yeah and so uh, filling a little of the context as well for listeners who might not be familiar with how the samurai wallet whirlpool works is so the idea is you will run some of your coins through that coin join so that'll go through tx0 and then be selected for a mix and go through a mix and the philosophy here is that you want to keep things remixing and that by continually remixing you're just gaining more privacy and the overall pool uh the anonymity set of that overall pool is continually growing over time so i guess that's some of the background for listeners who you know maybe if you're not familiar with that um were there any other features you guys wanted to touch on from ronan dojo um maybe uh the block explorer or the mempool space stuff yeah so mempool space i am uh, one of my projects coming up is going to be optimizing the integration for the latest one that the mempool space guys put in i do i really like their new mempool space that they offered for uh, nodes to connect to and that's my goal i want it to be optimized though so i'm like low drag if you will so that that's one of my big projects they got some really cool stuff on there especially with some of the different call features really on the back end stuff but they got some really nice stuff in there so you know hats off to them for that and i mean we still have the block explorer i think uh either 3.0 i think 3.0 yeah, just came it's, it's 3.0 right now yeah 3.0 just came out and that's really nice and you know the the biggest feature i think that we have coming up that i'm excited about is i know we just released this new web ui but we have a new one coming out we have the ui developed we just got to plug in the back end stuff whenever i put pavel back to work but <laughs> the the new web ui that we have right is 2.0 so web ui 2.0 is going to be i guess the best way to think about it in my, my opinion is kind of like taking 
if you took umbrella and then you made it super cypherpunk and you took out the app store aspect so like it's this this like uh super beautiful really pretty ui that you're going to be able to use and it's got that feel that you just kind of look at it and you're like oh my god this is awesome you know some of the other things that we're going to add in there is you know a whirlpool page that's similar to what you see in your mobile wallet if for people that have done mobile mixing samurai wallet you'll see oh this was a recent mix that i had or it'll tell you right how many you know when was the last mix that you got right like that's a pretty cool thing to see for just an everyday user like oh cool i got 10 mixes today i can see them pop up on my on my uh dashboard uh so you know that and obviously the new ui is going to have an actual graphic interface for boltzmann that's going to look like kycp if you haven't been on kycp i know i talked about earlier definitely go to it it's very fun very cool we're going to have almost the same thing just built into your own web ui that's backed by your own stuff so you know that and along with some other cool features that i'm going to keep hitting but we're really excited for that integration it's going to be really really exciting super pumped you know i know pavel is excited because he's got some cool cool stuff to get added in there but i would say that that that's probably my favorite feature coming up yeah that's cool so listeners keep an eye out for that um and also we've got to get onto this whole open source licensing topic as well because i know this is something uh zelko you have uh strong feelings on it uh and so can you tell us a little bit about your difference of opinion i guess with some of the other projects out there and why you have chosen more of the i guess it's the foss uh philosophy with ronan dojo Absolutely. I'm really glad you asked that question. Okay. So I kind of touched on this uh, with Matt O'Dell, but the, so there's FOSS, right? That I think uh, most Bitcoin users are familiar with when, when you hear open source, right? You think FOSS or that's what is generally referred to, right? People normally think open source should be FOSS. If you don't know what FOSS is, that's what we're supposed to be referring to. Like Bitcoin, the software, right? Is FOSS, right? Free open source software. Free means not not necessarily monetarily free. It means freedom, right? Yeah, freedom. It, it's free, free as in freedom, not free beer. Yes. So you can have a false project that does have monetary intake, and that that doesn't change anything. It's the freedom aspect. So the biggest the biggest difference, right? And for people to really think about, it, I think most people are familiar with the idea of copyright. So I so I have a I don't know, my own Ronin Dojo, Zelko Dojo. If I copyright it, no one else can touch it. You can't fork it. You can't try to redistribute it. You can you can use it for your own personal stuff, but you cannot touch it, right? It's mine. I copyright it. I own the license. No one else can use it. That's what copyright is, right? So it's moving to the right. Copy left is really what uh, freedom of open, like FOSS is about, right? So copy left just means that, yes, you can do whatever you want with my software. You can copy it. Like right now for Ronin Dojo, if anyone wanted to, fork it and do their own the exact same thing they absolutely could do that right now fork it call it something else just try to get more users than me and that's 100% good to go i have no issues with that the the only difference is you just have to keep our license so we use agpl as like some context that i'm sure users probably don't need to know about it's just a form of uh, freedom uh, free open source software uh, licensing but so they just have to maintain that license if they're going to use my software they can't try to take mine and then copyright it and close source it i think the disagreement that i get in with a lot of these other projects you know like i think start nine has their own their own license that they made i think same with umbrella my node has their own one is that they limiting people's ability to fork the code 
and redistribute the code. So their argument is that generally what I've seen, you know, people's argument from it is that, well, we put all this work in, right? And now someone's just going to come and copy what we did and then have a, a farther starting point than we did, right? We started, you know, from the from nothing and now they're just gonna you know cut us out from from our knees to me that's that's irrelevant it's irrelevant for for me for a couple of reasons right the software especially when you're talking about money or you're talking about uh, privacy or anything that you know you want to have a lot of eyes on right you want to be the best it should be open free open source software and as many people should be able to get it fork it use it because that's how the industry grows and that's how the industry gets better and you're encouraging people right to have more competition because more competition drives better product. That's just the reality of the world, right? And like we talked about that with MyNode, right? MyNode having the first dashboard that was really pretty. Now we're seeing everyone else start to follow trend. It's a good thing to have. And as a, you know, the co-founder of Ron Dojo, I want competition. I want other people to push us to step our game up because that's how we get better. We're, we like this whole big UI push a lot of that was like, we have to catch up. We have to do all these things because we don't want to get left behind, right? So that, but I'm not worried about other other projects taking, you know, taking something from me because I'm confident enough in my product, right? I'm If it's competition, okay, game on. I love competition. Maybe it's just me. I love a good competition. I'll fight for anything that I did. And then you're also going to have to steal my users from me. So if I have a really strong user base that's really loyal, that loves my product, they're not going to just dump me to go to this other thing that someone else clearly, you know, forked. They're not going to do that. They're going to use, you know, what they're used to using. They're used to, they have a good, strong, loyal base. If you don't have a strong, loyal base, then maybe you are afraid. I don't know. I see, I see this quote unquote open source uh, where it's limitations on the freedom of the open sourceness, you know, without attacking too much, I guess. I see it as a little, I just see it as a bit of weakness to me personally. I mean, like five, not five, like six or seven years ago, right? Or even five years ago, if you had a, a not a, like a free open source software license, like a true false license, you would have, it would have been a joke. No one would take you seriously, right? That's, that was never the name of the game in Bitcoin. It's, that was like a, a foundational ethos of the cypherpunk movement was free open source software. If we can't have that and we've lost sight of that because we changed the name of open source, quote unquote, to open source viewable, I can view the source versus what I can do with it, that freedom aspect, you know, we're playing semantics with the word of open source and open source was supposed to be parallel, right? It should equal to, right? Free open source software, freedom. And that's what I worry about when I see a lot of these things and people still saying it's open source because you have limitations on what people can do or how they can contribute and all this other stuff. And it's that's that's not what this is about, man. This is this is Bitcoin. We're a community. You're at, people are supposed to help. People are supposed to be able to do this stuff or take this stuff and make it better. Someone took Brown and Dojo, made it better and had their own fork and started their own group and own company and whatever. Cool, man. Let, let's do it. Like maybe we can work together. Maybe I can learn something from you. And that's what it's supposed yeah. to be. And yeah. it, I mean, what else? Did I miss there? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, no, I think you I think you covered a lot of things there. So I guess it's an interesting like from a personal perspective, I agree with you guys, right? Like I actually think that is the correct anti-intellectual property position. That's like the Stefan Kinsella. There is no intellectual property. The only property is private, like physical private property. That's what you can have a property right in. So, but I guess even though I agree with you, but just to kind of reflect the view that I've heard is that, well, you know, some of these other people, they feel like they need 
not they feel like, they believe that they need this as a business model, right? So from their point of view, they say, well, if I were to have it actually fully FOSS, then they may not be able to fund the development of that software. And then I guess the other interesting argument is more just that, well, yeah, so so I guess firstly, that's probably the main argument, right? And then I think there's also one other point that's interesting to touch on, which is that it might have an impact in this, the case of, let's say, uh, there was some difference of opinion on how to go with the soft fork, then somebody might not be able to downstream fork that code and change it to help users choose their own. Now, in this case, I think the Umbral guys were trying to say, oh, no, we'll let you choose which one you want to go with. But I guess there's still an argument to be had there on really is what, how free is it uh, as opposed to being source viewable. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything you guys wanted to add there on that? I just want to, uh, first I want to reflect on what was said. Um, I, as a software developer, I've seen plenty and plenty of software that was forked and uh, upgraded rightfully because original maintainers weren't able to maintain and upgrade the original like package or library or project or whatever thanks to it being a free open source software not just source viewable but it had open license free license so anyone could fork and publish changes thanks to this other users could publish their own graded versions actually a lot of projects got saved because of this because otherwise uh, they would be unmaintained and if they wouldn't have the free license someone would have to you know write a fresh totally new library so thanks this license people are just able to take what what exists and build upon it yeah i think that's a good point because it's kind of it allows people to then take something and remix it and that's really the beauty of the open source ethos and so i can sort of you know personally i side more with that side of the argument but i guess yeah i think it's one of those things where in the bitcoin industry you're obviously you're going to have disagreements with people who you still like right i still am a fan of umbral i'm still a fan of these other projects i just this is probably one point where i disagree with them on it but you know so be it right i think that's kind of the open source aspect of it but i think it's also interesting to talk a little bit about and probably coming to that question of business models and support model so do you guys want to touch on that for ronan dojo well, I see where Minon, Umbral, and Dart9 are, are coming from. They want to protect their product. They don't want to put money and time into it. I totally get it. Put a lot of time into Ronin Dojo, we all have. And they get some investments and so on. So they don't want someone to just come fork off their product, make money off their work. But at the same time, I view their behavior as unethical or at least dishonest because they are pretending to be open source software. At least Umbro is because they don't have open source license yet they do accept pull requests on github openly so they are actually making uh, other people work for them for free while not being able to fork their software so umbrella accepting these pull requests is uh, actually uh, breaking their own license which is like funny i don't know so i think yeah dishonest unethical however you want to see it but what's your view on this 
Okay, hard to follow up on that one. I'll, I'll touch on the business model. I think that, like you said, I understand, right? I understand that you want to protect your investment. Maybe it has a lot to do with the investors that you get involved with. You know, some investors, they put a lot of money in and they want to make sure it's protected. That's why, you know, I'm a big advocate and believer of being very careful about the investors that you take. But we can point to projects that have, I mean, and obviously we're Samurai Maxis, but Samurai Wallet is 100% open source. And they have an amazing business model that no one touches, right? No one is going to leave Samurai. Like someone could fork Samurai Wallet today and make Ninja Wallet run their own, you know, I don't know, not Whirlpool, let's call it title pool. They can do that and do their own thing and be totally in their own right. But ultimately, right, you're, it comes kind of back to that, that loyalty and that user base. People want to support and want to go for the product that number one should be the best. And number two, the one that they trust the most uh, and the ones that they are the most comfortable with. You know, that that's on you as a company to really keep your buy-in, to keep your users and keep pushing, right? Because, you know, we're going to have our own business model. Like we like said, so we're selling these full nodes. We're selling, you know, both cases, We're selling which the cases, 3D printed cases that we're making, which we have a new one that Crazy K is making. That's awesome. It actually looks like a dojo, like a legitimate like dojo dojo. It's, it's actually nice. really cool. We're open sourcing those. We're open sourcing the 3D cases that we made before. We'll publish those on our, our site. And anybody that wants them, please let me know. Uh, I'll send them to you right now. But we're totally cool with that. You know, if someone just wanted to print them and, you know, sell them as long as it's open source and other people can download it, like, hey, you can do you, you know, um, that's, I'm not worried about that threat model. I'm not, my threat model is not my competition trying to steal my business revenue. And if you are, you should look into, you should have a serious thought about how can I change my business model so that I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about competition. It's more than just a, you know, white knight, I guess, if you will, like being false is not just like a, oh yes, look at me. I'm, I'm so great. Cause I'm, I'm open source. I'm free open source software. And it's not a thing that most normal people understand. Right. I remember having this conversation with my wife, right? She's like, you know, can anybody just take like, do what you do? And I'm like, yep. And she was like, well, where's like the advantage? And I was like, well, my software. And she's like, well, can't you just said they can take your software. I was like, yep. Like why? <laughs> it's just this like idea that blows people's mind, you know, but it's a, I think the fact that it, if it's truly free open source software, almost like a breath of fresh air for people to know that like anybody can use this, anybody can take it, anybody can do anything they want with it. And it makes it more trustworthy in my opinion. And that's why Bitcoin was always big on it. And it's part of the cypherpunk ethos. The business model, you have to make it. You have to make something that works for you. You know, Samurai Wallet has a great one with the Whirlpool fees, Ricochet, etc. Like they they have a great model that's really hard to fight unless you're going to have the liquidity to back it. You know, with us, we're selling the plug and play nodes, support models. That's what we're looking for. I have no intention of selling, not that it's a bad model, but I have no intention of selling like a premium option. We thought about it, right? But we want everyone to be able to use the tools for free if they choose to do it that way. You know, that's because that's why we did this. We built this so that as many people could access and have access to the tools. Yeah. You mentioned the support model. So can you tell us a little bit about that and what kind of what you're what, what's the offer there for listeners who are maybe they're thinking, oh, it's kind of hard. I don't really know how to do this. What's the support model? You know, you've got a premium support model as well. So if you could outline what that is also. Absolutely. So we have we have a silver and gold. I believe it's $50 for six months or 100 for a year. I might don't quote me on that. I've, it's been a minute since, since I looked at that. That's where you get premium access to any of our developers pretty much 24-7 because between Pavel being 
and uh, where he's from. You know, we have U.S. based people, and then we have Bitcoin Q and A is also you can attack and and use. We're, we're there twenty four seven, and we're there to help hold your hand, get you through whatever you need to. And we actually get a lot of people who have been joining just support, almost like a thank you. And then if they need anything, they're there. So that support model, it's it's great because you know that we're always here for you. We've always been very active in the chats. I know you know that, but you know it was a way for us to kind of help you know offset some of the time uh, time allocated. You know, and that that's why it is big. You know, I I definitely do understand why any software software company right wants to be able to pay their people, right? It's not sustainable if you don't have a business model. You can't just make free products forever and expect that project to sustain itself. It's just not a reality. I think more wallets and more different software add-ons, right? They, they need to have some business model. Otherwise, you, it's just not sustainable. So yeah, for us, like the support model works. We're not in this to get rich by any means. We're really not. We're here to, because we believe in the product that we're pushing out and we believe in the tools and the ethos that we started with was to try to get this to as many people as we could and that's what we stick to so yeah we don't we're not here to get rich you know the the plug and play node is it a way for us to generate some revenue for ourselves absolutely you know we've been doing this for two years you know for free so a lot of struggle and time and hardship along the way a lot of learning you know for people like me not so much for pavel because he's already a real developer but it's a way to to you know be able to focus on what we're doing you know and not have to bend the knee to investors that don't see eye to eye with us it allows us to to focus if we can support ourselves then we don't have to worry about you know what other people want we can build the tools that we want and that our users want without any repercussion. So again, back with that free, the free open source, it's, it goes back to competition for me. You really shouldn't be that worried. If your product's that good and you believe in your product, it shouldn't matter if someone tries to, to take it because yours is going to be better. You know, that should always be our mindset. And if someone builds something that's a little bit better or whatever, but you have a free open source software, they have to have the same license. So you can also then take back what they did, right? So you can remix, takes and remix and back and forth. And that's how you build better, better products. So to me, it's it's a non, non-issue. non You know, it's kind of a cop-out. Again, I like that there is competition in the space, whether they're false or not, you know, that's okay. But we will definitely remain false. You know, they can keep building. It's good competition for us because if they're not with us, you know, they're somewhere else. We're going to continue to to build something really awesome, something that our users are happy with. Nice. And so just to give a bit of context for listeners, there's a lot more users using Ronin Dojo as well compared to the early days. So do you want to just give a bit of a, I don't know, uh, give us a picture on hearing from new users coming in and joining the community? Yeah. Pavel, you look like you wanted to say something first. I'll let you. Well, I have one last thing, uh, just a quick sentence. If anyone forks your product and uh, you aren't able to compete with them, either hire them or capitulate. Not, no other way around. <laughs> just want to jump in. He was ready. Yeah. Up. Yes. How's the user's growth been? Oh, I mean, it's uh, the way I like to think about it, right? We're probably the most niche market of the most niche market, right? Because I mean, Bitcoin's niche. People then it, like, so Bitcoin's already small. Then people that want to run a node is smaller. Then people that want to run a node and are only Samurai users are even smaller. With that still said, right, we're still growing all the time. It's actually really, really cool to see because not only do we get to see how they're interacting and why they're switching over, because we get a lot of people that are coming over from either my node or Umbrella or 
or they're just like, I, I just want to be here, which is great. So that's really cool to see. I know we're working on a, a refugee. We've been saying this for a long time, but we try to keep building ourselves. A refugee script to integrate from anyone and everywhere, which is really cool. But the other thing is uh, with all new users that come in, right? They like find new bugs and find new things for us like out of nowhere. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Now let me fix it, which is cool because we're always trying to help people. And then it just makes our product more and more resilient, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that is the way for everybody. It's just, uh, it's cool to see so many people interact and them learning. And the other thing is just seeing their eyes open to like, oh, my favorite thing is legitimately seeing someone go, I like went to your guys' wiki page and I, I really want to learn how to do the PGP the verification. I'm like, yes, like you are in the right spot. You have like, it's just, it's cool to see them make this like jump because I mean, even, even myself, right? Like sometimes if it's software or whatever that I trust, right? Like sometimes I'll be lazy and not do that. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, to the users. Right. But you know, you start doing it and you're like, Oh yeah, I remember how cool this is. Right. And you like people's first time, they're like, this is so cool. Like I just verified the code that's it's coming. And I, like, I see the key and I see it's Zelko and like whatever. And I'm like, see, this is like that aha moment is just, it's so grat like gratification is so high. It's just, it's really cool. And then you see them like, you know, they post the pictures, uh, screenshots of their new UI and they're like, this is great. Like, I'm so excited. Every time I see it, it just makes me remember why we're doing it. And you just get that feeling all over again, extra juice that, that you need. I mean, and I got the same thing at Guns and Bitcoin. Uh, we did demos. I did a presentation, but seeing seeing the people who some never touched Bitcoin before and they left with a full node, that was pretty cool. And then seeing other people like go through like, oh, well, I, I use this node implementation and why should I use this? And then they kind of go through this whole process and you just see them open up and they're like, I want to walk away with a Ronin Dojo right now. And you're like, it's such a cool feeling seeing people really excited for something that you've worked so hard for and having a great team that works with you all the time. If I'm too busy, they, they hold it down for me, which is awesome. It's a really, really cool feeling. We've had some really good users. So I'm really happy about it. That's awesome. So let's uh, leave listeners a good point to uh, go and find you guys online. And I would encourage listeners out there who are interested in privacy, go and check out ronandojo.io. So uh, Zelko and Pavel, where can people uh, find the project and where can they find you online? Yeah, I'll do the project and then you can, I'll give you your time there, Pavel. So uh, yeah, ronandojo.io is our main page. Our wiki page is just wiki.ronandojo.io. Definitely check that out. If you're interested at all, I would say that's almost like the best spot to start. It's got everything in there. Our code base, it's all linked in there and that's on, on GitLab. It's all self-hosted. And then on Twitter, BTCXelco, same on Telegram. I'm always on Telegram, but my DMs are always open for anybody, for anything. Oh, yeah. You can definitely find me in our Telegram group. I bet I'm the only Pavel in there, P-A-V-E-L. You can find me on Twitter as well. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, I'll, I'll include the links in the show notes, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that was really great. And hopefully uh, people uh, go and uh, take their privacy more seriously and give Ronan Dojo a go. So thanks for joining me, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Thank you again. So I hope you enjoyed the show and found that valuable. If you do, make sure you share the show with your friends and family so they too can learn about Bitcoin. Find my show at stefanlevera.com slash 280 to get the show notes for this one. And I will see you in the Citadels. Mm-hmm.